Hello, I'm Claire Cooper. And I'm April Wilde. It's time to kick back, relax, and surrender. Surrender. Welcome to With Intention Podcast, a place where we grow, we flow, we delve deeper, and peel back those layers and just learn a little bit more. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. So welcome to today's podcast. So today we're going to get really real on business and talk about the ups and downs, women in business, the obstacles we've overcome. And yeah, just have a nice chit chat about me and Claire's experience and like how we can inspire you if you're on that journey to setting something up or, you know, raising your game in the business world. There's so much to cover here, isn't there? There really is. My goodness. But first. Yeah. Do you want to pick a little intention card? You know it. I can't wait. Okay. Uh, let's feel for it. All things business. What do we need out of today? Mm. I close my eyes when I do this. Yes. Yeah, take a breath as well. I feel like we need one. Okay. <sighs> I define my value and my worth. Mm. Well, that's interesting. I love that. Because I think you have to feel a lot of worth when you're setting up a business. You have to have a lot of self-confidence. Mm. Um, you got to believe in yourself, don't you? Yeah, because there's going to be moments it, that you just feel like you just want to fall flat on your face, to be honest. It's hard, right? <laughs> yeah, guys, I'm, I'm going to be so real on this because I'm like a serial multitasker and I know April is <laughs> and trying to pin her down is hard and trying to pin me down is, is equally as hard. And I, I just, I think... There's so many positives from creating your own business. And I think that's what we really want to focus on. But we don't want to shy away from the hard stuff either because there's no point. There's so many. I said it about the manifestation thing in the first episode that there's so much fast food. It's fast food mentality. You can just have a business or this or that like that. It's not. I don't think it's like that. But we can make the journey more smooth and enjoyable. Um, And I think we've had some triumphs. (laughs) I mean, between us, we've got so much going on. Like you're an actress. Also, like we're both mothers. You've got a big successful business in like beautiful bohemian clothing and everything. And then I've got a cafe and do, I'm on call as a doula at the moment and a yoga business. It's crazy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it's almost like sometimes you create all these different things and you want to see what sticks, but actually sometimes they all stick. Mm-hmm. And they all work, but they're just different facets of you. I think that's the beauty of how the world's changing is now with the the old mentality in the older generation, you know, our grandparents and things. It's like you work at the same job, you stay there, you might move on to another job, but it's like you do, you have one focus. Whereas in this beautiful age of like the Instagram and the social media world and all these platforms that you can get on, people have a side hustle and then they have their main business and it's it's amazing. Like there's so much you can do and you can multitask, but then it's also making sure, like that card said, you're keeping your self-worth at the the brunt of it. Because if you burn yourself out... I've done that. I've done Everything that. spirals. I think that's when you lose track of the success and like the balance in the, in your life. Yeah, it's, a, it's about equilibrium. And sometimes, you know, the ebbs and flows where other things going in your life, but it's hard to keep that balance. But certainly if you have a business idea that you're wanting to hatch and nurture and grow, there are so many things that you can do to really support that journey. And I think that's what we're going to really explore right now. Um, so for me, I had this idea. I can only talk for, uh, from my experience. Obviously, I can't speak for April, but I had this concept that I wanted to create an ethical clothing line that had inspirational quotes. And I met my business partner in LA. I can't speak. I met my business partner in LA 
and she had a wonderful business head on her, which was brilliant because I was more of a creative and it's sometimes better to align yourself with someone that is the opposite of you or has a part of you and you have a part of them, but they're more enhanced in a certain field. Um, so we teamed up and we made terrible choices. Don't we all at the start? We made terrible choices, uh, terrible quotes that didn't feel aligned with us at all. And then... Was this been in LA? Like, were you producing stuff or was yeah. it made in England then? Or? So so we started it in LA because I was just visiting and she mm. happened to be living there at the time. Although we we're both from Yorkshire. We we're both Yorkshire oh. girls. Yeah. Grafters, you know, we're... You know, how Yorkshire people are. <laughs> and, um, we teamed up and then we grew it and then we changed things. And then we learned to, um, really listen to our intuition and we started small. So, and we actually, even to this point now, we are still a small team. We did not bring on millions of people, but what we did do, which I'm really glad that we did, we outsourced. It's the best. <laughs> but we only outsourced when we could, mm. when we could financially outsource or when we could um, support that or it made sense to do that. When you got bigger, I guess. Right. Yeah. So it wasn't like, oh, well, I'll get someone to do that. And I go, no, we learned the skill set ourselves. I learned Photoshop badly, mm. terribly. I'm so sorry to all those people that <laughs> experienced that. But um, I learned and I, 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 I educated myself and I, I, delved deep. I spent many a night um, in my laptop trying to watch YouTube tutorials and everything else. But I think that's what you have to do. You have to be prepared to throw yourself into an arena that you're not comfortable with because I was not. But it was in order to grow the business. How many was there of you then? Because I mean, I remember it when I was in Oldly Edge and I saw that little place of yard and you had your clothing there and I just fell in love. And I, I mean, that must have been like 10 years ago. So when was it you started it? How long? Well, actually, no, it was about seven years was ago. It? Yeah, Gosh, It feels like longer. It, feels, it does feel like longer. So it was seven years when you started? Yeah, so we started seven years ago, but I wouldn't say Gosh, it was so. flourishing until year, like it was more like, it feels like six years. So we feel okay. like six years old, you know, because in the first year it felt like we made a million mistakes like everybody mm. does. And we were winging it a little bit on some degree, but then... We really believed in the brand and people were really, um, oh, by the way, the brand is called Omanar London, just so everybody knows. And we are a global brand and, uh, we just believed in, um, eth ethical manufacturing. And what was really tricky was we were constantly being dangled this carrot to move away from being ethical mm. in order to find the margin. And we didn't have a great margin for a very long time because we did not want to move because we didn't believe that we should, um, make money off the back of someone else's poverty. It didn't feel right. It's not many businesses out there nowadays that do keep to that structure as well, like being ethical, because like we find it in the hospitality world. So many will just like get the cheaper cups yeah. or get all this or get the cheaper products because it's easier and they go through like getting made in India. And actually, it's so great that you kept to that sustainability. Oh, it's been so hard though. Yeah. Do you fight, you kind of fight in your corner constantly because yes. I bet people are saying, oh, you can get it cheaper this way. Or you can get this product that's absolutely fabulous. And you look at it and you think, God, that is beautiful. Mm. But you think, no, no, you have to kind of have that agreement with yourself and your team and your move forward. Ethics, yeah. yeah, and move forward with that. And I think we did. And we were very aligned and our skill sets were very, very different. And um, yeah, and we've had some highs and lows. The pandemic when COVID and everything going on and actually Brexit has been catastrophic for most businesses mm. actually in the UK. Not all, but certainly most. And I think it's it's. We've been through some major highs and some little lows, um, which has been challenging both 
on on my so my my mindfulness and the way I'm I'm behaving day to day. But certainly, you know, we we remained confident and we kept the team small. Yeah. So, and how when did it start to grow? Was there only a few of you, like two or three, and then it just slowly each year? Would it be one more added, or how no? It... Actually, we're still relatively the same size as what we began. Um, what we did do is we outsourced to different teams, and we've got I think eighty percent of the people that we work alongside are women. Amazing. So, women in different countries as well, and we support them. And um, yeah, we were. We're very aligned in that way with women, but also we don't shy from men who've got brilliant skill sets. It's who's right for the job. But if we can find women as well that can do the job brilliantly, then great. We're a female-led brand. I love your collaborations as well that with people all over the world that are making really ethical products. I know most of you make, but the, I mean, the t-shirts, I've always worn them when I'm teaching yoga and just the lovely quotes like, in a world where you can be anything, be kind. And just the creation of the ones you come up with. Like, I know, obviously, they're shared quotes a lot, but it's beautiful. Like, and how you write them and it's very minimal, the brand. It feels like very, you know, high kind of mentality, very calming. Yeah, it's it's quite clean. Mm. Um, but I think we had to be so clear on what we were doing in order for it to work. And we actually then started to design our own pieces, which is what we always wanted to do as well. Right. So lounge sets. Oh, yes. Yeah, they're the ones. Oh, oh I love them. Really so luxurious. Soft. Yeah. And they did so well. And But, you know, again, it cost us a lot of money to make mm. them because we weren't going down the route of exploiting other people. Yeah. So that's what you're buying into, guys. So when you're looking at brands and you, you know they're ethical and I'm not, I'm not talking about our brand, but I'm talking about in general. And you're looking at something and thinking, why is the price tag so high? There's a reason. Yeah. It's like, you know, no surprise that the, the high street markets are so cheap because there's no ethics really involved. You know, no. it's not very ethical, is it? The stuff you buy. I know sometimes they're putting them labels on now, but you're always going to support, it's best to support your kind of high vol, you know, higher price clothing, I think, because you're really helping some small business owner, you know, get off the ground. And I think, um, You've got to dare to suck as well, yeah. guys. Mm. You've really got to make this, the mistakes and own them and go, okay, that didn't work. So what was the hardest thing, do you think, in your kind of business life with R? I think the marketing's quite difficult because um, not the product as such, because we knew the product was viable and there was a great niche for it. But I think the marketing, because if if there's some disputes between the big people, you know, I'm talking the, the platforms mm. that you might... I don't want to name them necessarily and give them <laughs> space. But if you, you know, you, you sort of, if you're, if they're in disputes or something going on with their algorithms, it's very hard for you to find space against the huge competitors. So, and buying the space. There must be so much competition in that world as well. Because you look at the giants mm. and they, they have unlimited funds for marketing. So when these smaller brands are trying to come through and they've got something brilliant to share, they can't get that space. Because they can just push you back, I suppose, with all the... Yeah. yeah. And also, I think it kind of, um, I think it got to a boiling point about three years ago where there was no more room for, for new brands to really make an impact, mm. where there was a point, and we got lucky about six years ago, when we came in and there was a real pot where you, we could make an impact and people could see us and and we were visible. But it's much harder for businesses now. And because I've got another business, I, I'm a co-founder of a donut company as well. Oh yeah, the donut whisper is amazing. I yep. have everyone in the cafe is always like, "Where are the?" Because you supplied us, didn't you, for a while? We did. And um, but it's obviously we're quite away. We're in Cheshire, and then what well, Congleton, and you're in Chester. But 
it's like I see it's booming there. You're doing it well, you're not well yet, but you're doing it UK wide, and it's amazing. It's like, logistics is is a tough one, and um, finding out oh, how we yeah. can get the donuts to certain areas if they want to wholesale. It's almost like an impossible task unless you're a giant mm, and you've got that it. sort of facility set up. Um, but you know, it it's um. It's a wild world when you're setting up a business, but I think if you can just keep focused mm. on what your end goal is. It's as not well. trying to do everything at once as well, isn't it? Like you said, maybe in a few years you'll be at that point where you can do properly wholesale to big cafe chains and mm. things, but you have to take small steps. And, you know, it's great that you're just listening to your intuition on that and going through it. Sometimes know? if you grow too fast, it can be really damaging to brands as well. Well, you see it in hospitality. So we got, you know, recommended, oh, we started to trying to open. So we've got Wild and Wild in Congleton and then in. 2020 we were opening our Altrincham site so we'd done all the fit out we were ready to open March and then it just hit lockdown hit and we lost a lot of money you know in in that but luckily for us actually we were a really viable business and we made a profit through lockdown which is crazy because we had to change the whole direction of our business go all online doing veg boxes doing grazing boxes all these things but it just made me really aware just like you just got to go with the flow and try not to do too much at once because at that point, someone would recommend, oh, you should do like four or five of them go across, you know, different areas. But thank God we didn't expand that fast because if we had, we would have lost even more. And even after, I'm just trying to take things slow, like get the first one right. Mm -hmm. You know, if you've got like a small business, you're thinking of expanding it to different areas, get that first model right. And then you can just replicate it, replicate it. Because I know now with the Wild and Wild, what we've established, we could easily just model it out. And I feel like it's finally after five years, it's, well, nearly five years, it's just really structured. Um, get the blueprint right. This is it. And I mean, we had the seed for our idea about two years before we actually launched as well. So it was actually when I was pregnant with my first. It was a five months pregnant. We were traveling around Bali, me and Chris, and we had all this beautiful experience. And we sat in this gorgeous little cafe in the middle of Ubud called Clear Cafe. And it was like this amazing site where you stepped in and everyone, you had to take your shoes off at the door and give them a little ticket, you know, instead of a coat. It was great. I loved how there's people from all walks of life there. And it was, I was like, wow, this is special. Like this is niche. There's kids playing, there's entrepreneurs, there's old, <laughs> old like grandmas and granddads. And I was like, this is what I need in Cheshire, like a community hub. Everyone feels welcome. And that's what you need to find, something that no, no one else is doing. Like with you, you're so niche, like these cool ethical wear, sustainable, organic, but cool quotes on, you know, really uplifting quotes. Or like what we're talking about, manifestation. For us, it was like, where can we make people have a space to feel that, you know, mm -hmm. come to us, feel calm, feel positive, feel relaxed. And I don't think there's, there's not even in Manchester, I don't think there's that many places that are doing that. Like, well, I know that in London, there's a lot more vegan cafes, but having a whole wellness aspect, like having the yoga room upstairs, a therapy room, having a courtyard, doing free birth groups for people, doing free baby classes. And I think if you're listening and you're going to set up a business, try and think of what is a niche. What's your USP, you know? Yeah, exactly. What do you really want to get out into the world and make sure it's along with your values as well? Because that was what I lived by. I was like, I love helping people, support people. You don't want to do something you're not connected to or it will just never work. You've got to feel the passion behind it. And then... We're proud to say that Omanar, the brand that I co-founded six years ago, is sponsoring this episode. So for those that don't know Omanar, it's a global brand priding itself on ethical, uplifting loungewear. Feel and be inspired with uplifting quotes and soft fabrics, perfect for relaxing days at home or those lunch dates. Omanar is proud to offer with intention listeners 15% off 
the whole site. Simply by using the discount code INTENTION15 with caps at the checkout. Now all you have to do is hop online and enjoy. OmanarLondon.com and happy shopping. All links will be in our show notes, including discount codes. A lot of people doubted us and that's a big thing at first. You'll get a bit of jealousy and resentment from people, even closest, that might be like, I don't think that's going to work, you know, and because you're starting to step into your power. And we were amazed, like using all this manifestation back in Bali, I put this vision board together. It's amazing now to look at it, how it's just like the cafe. Wow. And it's actually, we bought the place on auction. So, um, and it was on the BBC Homes Under the Hammer, the whole project. I don't know if you know that. And they did the whole fit out and like with us, they followed the whole project. And on the opening day, we had queues up the street. Oh, wow. Everyone in Congleton had said, you're never going to get a vegan place doing well in the middle of Cheshire, you know, we're a meat eating town, uh, you know, there's a bit of an uproar. And we were shocked, people from Liverpool, Manchester, all over, even people from London came for our opening week. And I just think that hopefully that gives people hope. Like I had no hospitality experience. I had no, I had not been in this area before, but it just shows if you have the right seed and intention and you have the passion behind it, you know, purpose, passion, power can just bring this mix into your business and it will do well if you really believe in the brand. Mm-hmm. It can do well. And I think it's amazing to see our growth year on year. We have about 30 to 40% growth. It's just, wow. and even actually in lockdown, which was crazy. So it's just exciting, you know, and I just hope that we can share some of that light to people. But that's not to say, I'm saying it's all very positive right now. There's been tough days. There's been tough days. <laughs> I think the toughest for me is not having that switch off. Like it's, we're open seven days a week. It's nonstop. It's a very customer focused business hospitality. So if anyone's listening in hospitality, you you constantly have to be striving for perfection, you know, on how you present the food and how you serve it and how, and it's actually made me, I was for the first two years, I was like, everything has to be perfect. And I actually realized you can't always reach perfection. You've got to let your guard down a little bit and just try and do your best. You can only do your best. So, you know, there will be people, there'll be haters out there. There's always going to be, that's what I wanted to talk about actually, because you know, they, they'll pull you down or they won't like the product and that's fine. It's how you handle that when they don't want the product or they don't like it. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? These little curveballs. You didn't even expect that we're just waiting around the corner to come and go, hey guys, mm-hmm. I've come to really disrupt everything for you. And you're thinking, oh my goodness. And it can really pull you back, can't it? It can trigger mm-hmm. you. You could take it so offensively. And we had a few you know, little reviews that come up and it might have just been a day when we were a staff member down or or maybe we didn't have a good day and we're only human, you know, like you're going to have days where you're not at your top and you peak and that's okay. Like I've started to accept it now when I get someone call up with a bad review, I take it all on board. Don't get me wrong. I'm like, like what can do we that. do? We'll have a team meeting or whatever. But it's then just like, don't take it so to heart to ruin your day and your family life and things. Just just work on it the next day and try and get into flow then back in the flow. I think being prepared for human error is a massive part mm. of business um, because there's going to be people working for you or working with you that are, don't have the same. Oh, 100%. Right. So you've got to kind of be prepared that people don't work at the same momentum. They're not invested as much as you because it's not their business. It's but you also, yeah. on the flip side, mm-hmm. you will get people that they don't have any share in the business, but they are equally as passionate about what you do. But it's really hard to find those people. They're like golden dust. Like yes. you need to keep them when you get them, pay them really well and keep them because tell you what, in hospitality, it's, I, I find it's a, one of the hardest markets. People come and go a lot. But once it's really tough to find those people that care as much as you do about your business. And we've had a few, mm-hmm. but there are a lot that just kind of want to, you know, stand a job then to move on, go traveling and different things. And 
I'd say the team element, I would say having a team has probably been my, I mean, I remember like the team actually means together, everyone achieves more. So I know the importance of team. You can't run a business. I would never have got where I am today if I didn't have that incredible team that we've, and I'm so grateful for everyone that we've hired. But geez, is it hard to be um, a full manager and to be able to do a rotor and to keep to everyone's needs and nurture everyone. And it it's had real challenges along the way. Like I've, it's actually really affected me. So I'm, I'm an empath naturally. I get really upset if someone's upset, you know, and it, I think the importance I've, I've seen of having team meetings and all that is so important, but it's hard when you've got three kids and you've got my other yoga business and different things. It's, I feel, I also, from a business perspective, expect that a manager I hire and a supervisor I hire should also connect to that role. Yes. But often when you're a small business owner, it falls back on you. Always. And so- I, it's frustrating at times because you like, I'm paying you to do this role, but then it gets pushed back on me. And yeah. So roadmap is quite important. So if you have this goal, you might have to start off for the first couple of years doing a bit of everything like 100%. you and I have, <laughs> but have the idea that you, other people are going to come on board so you can actually start to take a step back, still oversee everything, but get the brand established, get the business established, make sure it's functioning the way it should day in and day out still, because I don't think you can ever, ever remove yourself completely from that. Mm. And I don't think you should really, mm. because you've got to keep your finger on the pulse. But for quality of life and mindset to slowly step back if the business is doing what it should is the dream, I guess. And letting other people do what they specialise in and championing those people in those fields. But obviously you can only get to that point when the budget allows and when exactly. there's the net and, and so on. It's tricky with minimum wage going up and all these things. And I always want to pay living wage. It's, it's a tricky one. But I would say that I think they said, I remember listening to this podcast once. They said, when you always try and hire people that are more experienced than you at like a particular thing. So you're getting someone from your Instagram, get them to know it more than you. So they'll teach you because you want, you don't want to have to train everyone into how to do things, which I, I think I stumbled. Knowledge transfer is really frustrating. To try and give all your knowledge to someone. Actually, you want them to come in and then go, oh, actually, you could do it this way. You could do it this way. And it will make you go, oh, you, you want innovative, in, sorry, excuse me, innovative people to come on board with fresh ideas because that keeps a heartbeat, that keeps a brand alive. And we felt that with, with Amanar that by bringing on new creatives sometimes, that they would have a different perspective. And then we go, oh my goodness, we've not even thought about that. And it's, it sort of rejuvenates the brand or the, the customers sometimes give you the answers. It's exciting. Yeah, exactly. The, the clients do. is key. Like, you know, some of them are just the most, we're like, we read every single email that comes in. Um, and, you know, it's not like it's this thing where we're so detached. It's not that at all. And there's so many brands that are that mm. and because they're so huge. But we are a small business that, that does well. But certainly, and it's a global brand, but certainly to have that communication with your customers and mm. your the, your loyal customers. Well, my, um, so I was raised in a family, like my mum and dad owned a massive, big global business. So they had 30 offices around the world wow. in uh, industrial flooring. So my mum actually created this with a granddad and then my dad got into it. I mean, if you'd met my mom, she was the most like vibrant, fun, you you know, spiritual woman. You wouldn't have thought she was doing like manufacturing. And she owned a business called Flow Cream. I mean, this won awards. She got an MBE. She women, woman, businesswoman of the year, and all this. But she would always talk about the customer. Is like not that the customer's always right, but engaged customer. So she'd always do like a newsletter, even though they're an industrial flooring company. It's quite niche. Like they do a newsletter out to explain what they're doing, like how the team are, talk about any, you know, people that have had children in the team or any, 
you know, all the things it created and, and then ask advice. It always have a feedback form when people would come in and new customers. And I mean, they work with massive like companies like Mars and the, mm-hmm. um, the airports and hospitals. But what I loved about her business as well is she was like the people are the root of any business. And she'd call actually HR was not human resources. She hated the word. Mm-hmm. She, she, I remember her teaching me when I was eight, like, don't ever call anyone a resource because they're not. It's a, it's all about happy relations, she'd say. Oh, that's nice. And it's like about building the staff team happiness, you know, and she'd, she'd do all sorts. She'd do like fire walking days and they'd have like law of attraction days. I think the team loved it though, because it was, she'd always say dare to be different. So that's anyone that does have more of a global brand as well. Be a bit different and don't give a shit yeah. what anyone thinks because she'd go around, you know, she'd even be in the house of commons doing talks about her business and they'd have all these, you know, people looking at her with their arms crossed like, oh, wow, who's this woman? But you know what? It's freaking great because she embraced change. She was in the flow and the team freaking loved it because she was a bit different. So I think that is something important that we should embrace the people, the customers, the producers, the suppliers, all these people are actually what bring together this brand. Yeah. And and community, it's everything. I, I totally agree. Mm. And also, I guess the other thing is if you're just, you're not wanting to build your own brand or anything like that out there, but you like to support small businesses, trust me. They really, really appreciate it. Especially in the current climate, the economy. I mean, I just feel like I'm always just want to, like I find Instagram such an amazing channel. I just want to be like, come on, get to your high streets. Like don't be buying all your things online because it literally makes the little business do a happy dance when you buy from them. Like I can't explain how amazing it was to see in lockdown, like people all coming into store buying things and it kept our business alive. I don't know if we would have made it through you know, hospitality is tough, but I don't know if we would have made it through as well if we hadn't had that boom in lockdown, people really coming together and supporting us. And we need to keep that up, keep that momentum up, supporting our locals. And what do you find now is the path ahead for you? Like, well, I am taking a slight step back. Oh, because you're about to welcome a new little life into the world. Yes. But I think I'm addicted to something that I built. Mm. So we have a wonderful COO who um, understands the brand inside and out and we talk 24 seven. We've got, um, a new, a new journey starting from an hour, which I'm very excited about. And, uh, we hope to bring better prices mm. to our consumer, but also better products. Amazing. Um, and just uh, a wealth of, of the good stuff that Omanar is known for. So. Really, I'm kind of, I'm very excited about the future for us. Um, mm. But it has been a difficult few months because we've been going through a transition. And I find transitions quite hard sometimes, personally, because I'm so emotional. Mm. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been, it's been quite a journey and I, I carry the weight of it often on my shoulders. It's not to say my other partners don't, because they certainly do. We all do. But you, you just live, it's, you're living your life. So, yeah, so the next chapter is exciting. Um, and obviously, you know, we're doing things as well. You and I. This is it. I was going to say, like, I want to talk about that actually really briefly yeah. that we're obviously we're on a, a really exciting. This is a passion project between you and I. This is we're doing stuff here that we, we talk day in and day out about and we, and we want to share helpful, holistic, 
journeys with you, but also we've got some wonderful digital products. We've got other things that you can really access and enjoy at home. So, um, well, we've got so many exciting things. We've retreats, got so many ideas. Maybe we- some retreats and different circles and all sorts coming up. So I just feel like the collaboration, it's, it's amazing how our journeys have come together. Actually, through both businesses have brought us together to collaborate. And then how me and Claire have just come connected. But we have, re- even though we live different lives, we've got really different, similar passions. And I think it's going to blend in really well together. And we just want to help support more and more people on living a more authentic, happy, joyful life. And yeah, it's just honestly, I, I feel like I'm making space in my life. I know Claire is because she's about to have a little one as well. But making more space to really make sure you put in your passions first. So one thing I think that we should chat about as well would be outsourcing. Um, I think that this actually covers sort of, um, yeah, when you're so far into a business, sometimes you can't see through the woods. You can't, you don't know what you're doing, the direction of it. Mm. And when you get to a certain stage, you've learned the skill set. Yes, you're not the best of the best, but now you have got enough of a budget to outsource and get someone who's so talented to bring in that skill set. So you can step back, have an aerial view, and you can see the holes in the business and they are so clear. Mm-hmm. They are so clear. So if you can take that moment and if you can afford it, if your budget, if you know that you can't do content or you can't do emails or that's not your field, but you're, you're very good at Photoshop or whatever it is that you feel like is your weakest point, Go there first, outsource, bring in the skill set, mm. sit back, fix the other holes then. 100% hallelujah to that because I found in hospitality I actually wasn't the best at all the admin behind it and the actual rotor system and all that. I needed a manager to do that. But then I'm really strong at like the social media. I've grown that to such a strength. And actually I can, that is something that I know that I can actually do from home. I can go in, you know, a little bit in the cafe and then step back. And I would say for those that business owners, maybe you've, you've been in for a while, give yourself a break. Like you need a day where you can just maybe even calm your phone, do your emails in the morning, then get it done and have a day just to reflect and go on like a long walk or give yourself that self-care is so important when you're running your own business or a little holiday, you know, away with the family, because once you've had that rest, you can then see things from a whole new perspective. And like you said, if you can outsource, maybe it just be very, and I think as well, actually what we haven't covered, how you, you know, in that job interview, <laughs> how you hire someone is the most key. Being very clear. I, I know I'm very a nice person. I, I say yes to too many things. I'm like, oh yeah, don't worry, I'll do that. Oh, don't worry. No, be very clear with your boundaries. I will not do this. You will be in charge of this, 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 this. Um, and is that okay? You know, be very clear from the start because if you're not and you don't put it in the key job specs and roles on the contract it'll just fire off and then they'll be like oh that's april's role you know and it'll fall back on you so it's just got it them kind of clear and there's a really good book called one minute manager and it gives even say if you're in like a job like you give them one role for the day each day could even change and or you know so that they have their clear responsibility like someone could be in charge of waste management someone could be in charge of the social media and you know and that that's their role for the day or and because time is money right let's mm. get real guys you're in a business because you want to provide for yourself your family and have an income mm-hmm. your time is precious and if you've grown this brand to this stage now you don't want it to fall, all fall apart so you need to step back value your time mm-hmm. put a price on it and also put a price on everybody else and make sure they're doing what they're meant to be doing and it is it is creating as you said clear boundaries mm. And supporting those boundaries and protecting yourself in that in that 
business model. And I would say at the moment there's a massive shift. I mean, I've even been tempted towards it. It's a big digital age that's coming and everyone's, a lot of people you follow, these influencers are making money online. And I tell you what, it's amazing. I have a friend who, I mean, she's on the Dragon's Den actually. She does, she has one person that works for her. It's herself. And she literally, she, she has everyone that outsource. She literally sends the order to a factory. All she has to do is her email and they make the product. They do. I mean, obviously she has to, you know, vet things and make sure the product's up to standard and all these things. But she's got, she's doing everything online or she can be at home. She's just had a baby. She's, there's a lot of people like my other friend, she's got this incredible business where it's online courses and there's so much potential online these days. I would look at digital products you can sell or ways of making it as an influencer or a coach. That's actually really powerful as well. Cause actually having, that's one thing I have found hard. I will be brutally honest, having a physical building. I mean, we've had break-ins, We've had also, I mean, God, God knows all things happen and in hospitality that's been tough, you know, and it's like we've had to crawl back for and put a lot of money actually in a physical building. We have to pay rent, you know, electrics, all that stuff physically every month. It's actually really good if you can build your business online and know that you have someone fulfilling your orders. Absolutely. Because overheads, guys, it can kill a business. And um, if you can do an e-commerce business that works, but also builds a community, go for it don't shy away from it and actually that's something that we wanted to touch on was you know sort of your P&L and and your business plan and making sure that you've got either someone that can support you on that or you're well versed on that maybe getting a coach actually because I'd, I'd say the most successful people all say they have a coach and someone that might have done it before you know like even you know someone that's been through it you could call up and be like actually what do you think about this how do you think this will work here's my five-year plan yeah, you can do a vision board, which is a bit more woo-woo. <laughs> like, yes, actually, no, it's not woo-woo, actually. It's practical and it works. But it's um, but then a business plan more structured that you could present, you know, if you need one to present to your bank or anything like that. It's so important. And I actually, we left it, I'll be honest, about mm. six months into the business before we properly did it. And luckily, my husband's, who I do the business with, is incredible at, like, writing everything out, key roles, objectives. The more you can write out and have, a, like, a little template of your life plans and your business plans, it helps so much structure. Winning in business, guys. And understand your consumer. Hmm. Let's not ever lose sight of our consumer. And uh, I know we have touched on that, but um, I suppose let's do some um, some takeaway points yes, here. The, the overview, I think. I mean, well, we just touched on one. Like top, let's say, what would you top five be, Claire? I think um, outsourcing. Don't yes. be sh- don't be afraid to outsource and uh, welcome new talent. Mm-hmm. And then I think. Well, the setting the business plan, being clear on your objectives for a five-year plan, maybe 10-year plan, really important. Embracing your P&L with love. <laughs> <laughs> being on top of it month in, month out, and if not, hire a good bookkeeper. Yeah, bookkeepers are everything. That's something that um, I think we wish we did from the beginning of a couple of our businesses. I think four would be people. Yes. I think just understanding your consumer, what they want, like Claire said, but also what your team want as well. Nourishing their needs is important. And I've learned some ups and downs in that along the way. So, And number five, your unique selling point, your USP. Mm. Find it, love it, do it. Believe it can happen, guys. Absolutely. Mm. Good luck. I hope your business goes well. If you've enjoyed listening to With Intention, why not give us a fabulous rating? Help us connect with more like-minded people like yourselves and build out our fabulous community. Or subscribe to our podcast and you'll never miss an episode.